Well, hey, welcome to another episode of Retire Smarter. I'm Walter Storholt, joined today by certified financial planner Tyler Emmerich. We're giving Kevin the episode off to, to rest and relax, and he'll be back next time around. Today, we're going to be talking about retirement plans and clearing up some misconceptions around how to use an IRA. We're going to be talking about 401ks, lots of other great information on the way in that regard on today's episode. So I can't wait to get Tyler's perspective on all of that. Tyler, it's good to be with you again. I hope you're well, my friend. Doing all right. Thanks, Walt. Happy to be here, man. Glad to hear it. What's been going on in your world lately? Uh, honestly, nothing too exciting. Um, well, I say that, but we are trying to move in this crazy housing market. Oh, I so yes. <laughs> other than that, nothing uh, nothing too exciting. How Selling and buying. That's, <laughs> it's always very stressful to yes. at the same time. Selling and buying. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited. Certainly adds a little bit of stress to the household, but uh, I'm sure hopefully in a couple months, if I end up, uh, if Kevin lets me back on the podcast, um, you know, I'll be able to you know, talk about how smooth the transition was and how easy it was, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, good luck through the process. If, as someone who has gone through it recently, I know it can be stressful. So uh, just just keep your wits about you, take things in stride, and you'll be just fine, I'm sure. You've, you've got the right personality for selling a house. I'm, you, take things, <laughs> you take things one step at a time as the way that uh, you strike me on this show, Tyler. So I think you'll be in good, good shape. Deal. I'll make sure that's on the listing, right? Um, Anything to sell. (laughs) That's right. I love it. I love it. Uh, My only advice to you is uh, don't wait to move the heaviest object by yourself out of the house after the final walkthrough has already happened at nine o'clock at night on your final day there. And, (laughs) and, And yes, you will injure yourself and then you'll spend those first couple of weeks injured uh, after having sold your house oh, instead no. of enjoying your new place so sounds, <laughs> sounds like i speak from specific. experience <laughs> yes. and it just might be the case so. <laughs> well i'll make sure to make a note of that uh, for sure uh considering it's been uh, a number of years since i've uh been able to consistently say that I've worked out. Um, yes, I definitely need to make sure I be careful there. <laughs> yeah, I think I think having uh, worked out a lot recently actually hurt myself on uh, in in that case because I was like, I can do this mm-hmm. and, uh, instead of calling in for the help in the at the last moment. But I've I've been there probably a number of times over the last few years when I've tried to get back into it for about a week and then uh, yeah. Uh, fizzle out uh, because I overdo it. But there's uh, probably yeah, some good <laughs> uh, financial planning parallels to that story, but we'll save that for another day. And uh, let's get into today's topic. Uh, speaking of uh, maybe you know misconceptions or, or stress or trying to figure out complicated things like you know buying and selling houses and moving and all the logistics that go into that. A little bit of a relation into our conversation today on retirement plans, and I know it's a really important topic to you, Tyler, because not only are you guys dealing with people's investments and life savings, but but in most cases, I would imagine helping them turn that into uh, some sort of retirement solution. And so you're dealing with people's 401ks and IRAs and all the rest of those types of plans on a daily basis, right? Absolutely, we are. And I think um, it, it's been top of mind for me, I think, especially over the last, uh, say, month, month and a half. We do quite a bit of uh, retirement teaching in classes um, at some of the local universities uh, here um, in Northeast Ohio. And it's always a, a section within that class talking about retirement plans and how to best utilize them and apply them to your specific situation. And, you know, having gone through a few of those classes here recently, it's been top of mind. I've gotten quite a bit of questions on it. And that's really where the, the idea came to kind of say, Hey, let's spend some time talking about it on the podcast. If I'm getting these questions in class, maybe some of the listeners, uh, it would be applicable to their situation as well. 
the story that I'm going to use to maybe help facilitate and drive the podcast today is very specific. Um, and uh, it's a situation of a, a small business owner. And I know not everybody is going to, you know, that's going to be applicable in their particular situation, but I'll definitely try to relate it back. And I think there's going to be some good tidbits, whether you are a small business owner, a 1099 employee, or, you know, just a W-2 individual that works for a, a company and you have a 401k. You know, in all three of those situations, you know, what are the important decision points and what should you be considering uh, as opposed to just saying, yeah, I'm just going to contribute pre-tax into my 401k and, you know, go from there. Well, where's uh, the best place to start? Yeah. So I think the the best place to start is maybe to give a little bit of a high level or a, um, a thousand foot view on, you know, retirement plans as, as I see them and how I kind of think uh, about them. And, you know, the, the difference that I come up with, I think immediately, at least in my mind, is there's really three buckets um, as you start thinking about, well, what types of retirement plans can I use? Um, and each of these buckets are very, very different. Um, so the first bucket I separate these into are what's called employer retirement plans. These are traditionally what you would think of as like a 401k or a 403b that are offered through an employer. And, and from a 401k or 403b standpoint, I mean, they're very, very similar. Traditionally, if you work for a not-for-profit, you're going to have a 403b. If you work for a for-profit company, you're going to have a 401k. But these are the plans that are tied to your particular employer. So they're going to set the rules. They're going to give you the investment options. Um, and they're going to have tell you really what you can and can't do within those plans. And then the second bucket um, would be individual retirement accounts or IRAs, um, which you can go and get at um, you know any custodian or institution, financial institution. And these particular accounts are really have nothing to do with your employer plan. And I think that's a a very big um, differentiator and something to keep in mind as we're kind of looking through these. Because I hear um, you know all the time that well, hey, I make too much money to put money into a Roth or make a Roth contribution, and and, you know, what they're talking about there is they're talking about some of the income limits that are going to be applicable to a Roth IRA specifically. Those income limits have no bearing or no implications on what you can and can't do inside of your employer plans, which, of course, you can put back if you make a million bucks a year, you can put back, you know, um, almost $27,000 a year if you're over uh, and can do the catch up contribution if you're over 50 into a employer plan uh, through your 401k or 403b. Um, so that's where I think that important. it's a very important to distinguish between those two categories of retirement accounts. Um, and then I guess the third bucket to not lose sight of it is kind of a, a catch-all or a unique bucket for individuals that are 1099 employees or individuals that own small businesses. They don't have access to an employer plan per se. So the IRS has these other types of plans available that they can use, uh, which we'll get into. So I think that's very important before we kind of dive too much into it is understanding that, you know, when I'm talking about limits or options inside of an IRA, you know, those might be different than what we've got inside of an employer plan or a 401k. Pretty good high level to get us started. So these uh, mm -hmm. these three buckets, these three areas, um, is there one that uh, people tend to fall into the most, or do most folks have kind of a mix of those those different buckets? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think employer plans are are the ones we see 
by far the most. I mean, I think most individuals out there are going to be W-2 employees. They're getting good benefits or some type of benefits from their employer. And, you know, utilizing those plans are you know, generally going to be the first place that you're going to want to save. You're going to get, uh, you know, some matching programs and things like that to where you might get some free money. Certainly those employer plans are going to have the ability, or at least most of them. Um, I got my start um, at one of the largest uh, retirement plan um, institutions in the U.S. And, you know, so I have a lot of experience, you know, going back in and looking at these different plans offered by employers. And I'll be the first to tell you they're all a little different, but most of them over the years have the ability now to where you can save either pre-tax or Roth inside of those uh, 401ks, which I think is a huge benefit that's often overlooked. Um, and that is a decision that you really are going to want to take a look at and, and decide which option is going to be uh, going to be best for you. Because while you're working, you want to get that free money. But the question becomes is, is you know, when we think about pre-tax savings, that's, hey, do you want the tax deduction now? You want that money to grow? And then when you do pull it out at some point down the road, the good old IRS is going to get their piece and you're going to have to pay taxes at that time. You know, is that more beneficial or is that Roth option a little bit uh, better in your situation where you're saying, hey, I'd rather put my name in my employer plan or my 401k and I'd rather pay taxes now um, and let that money continue to grow tax free. And then when you pull it out, you don't have to pay taxes on it. And that would be uh, that would be the Roth option. Um, and I think that's one of the big decisions points that we, you know, a lot of the families are going to have to look at and decide. And Sometimes it might be clear, um, but other times I think, uh, you know, when you work with a financial advisor, some of the things that we are going to do and try to put into perspective is try to say, hey, looking at your tax situation now versus what it might be, you know, a few years down the road or once you start retirement and understanding are you paying more in taxes now or are you paying less or are you going to pay more in taxes once you retire? Which that might sound a little counterintuitive, but when you look at the t current tax code and how it's set to sunset in 2026, and you know those rate increases are set to happen almost across the board, um, then you know there are some scenarios or some families or individuals where they might look at it and say, "Hey, you know, I'm saving pre-tax right now, but then when I go and pull that money out in retirement, say five, six years down the road, I'm going to be in a little bit higher tax bracket." And under those scenarios, you might want to consider or start looking at uh, the Roth option inside of those 401k. But we definitely long-winded answer, Walt, <laughs> to your question of, hey, which one do we use, uh, you know, more frequently or do we see? It's yes, definitely these employer plans. Now, of course, once you head into retirement and you kind of make that transition, now you go from that savings mode into the distribution mode. And I think there's where, you know, those employer plans and some of the quirks and features that they have inside of those become maybe more apparent and understanding them. I mean, I just got a call from a, a, an individual last week where you know she, her retirement plan when she gave him a call said, hey, you've got to have this money out of your employer plan or out of this 401k by the time you reach uh, 69, or we're going to cash you out of it completely. Um, I would say that's a pretty rare one, um, but there certainly are withdrawal limitations and things like that for some plans. And being aware of that will really help you formulate your game plan uh, heading into retirement. But so that's kind of that third bucket, right? Well, so we got yeah. that, or the first bucket, excuse me, um, would be those employer plans, um, 401ks, 403bs. And then you've got that middle bucket there where we're looking at those individual retirement accounts. And this is where there are certain income limits um, where you might or might not be able to contribute to them. Um, so you definitely need to be mindful of your tax situation and you know, do you have the capability to put money inside of a Roth IRA, for example? Or, hey, can you put money into a traditional IRA and actually take a tax deduction for it? 
Because just like inside your 401k, where there's two ways you can save, pre-tax and Roth, the IRA accounts, there's two of those as well. There's traditional, which, hey, when you put the money in, typically we're looking for some type of tax deduction. Uh, and then there's a Roth account where when we put the money in, we're not looking for the tax deduction. That money, we're looking for it to grow and get become tax-free uh, down the road. Now, the income limits and, and how much you can, uh, amount you can put inside of your retirement accounts or your IRA accounts is uh, much less than the limits that you can put inside of your employer plan. So we want to be mindful of, uh, mindful of that as well. So now we kind of get into, I guess, a little bit more of the meat and potatoes of the the, the why or where I think maybe some of the most underutilized uh, retirement plans are. And these are for those individuals that are self-employed, are 1099 employees, are not employees, but 1099 contractors potentially. Um, and you know, they don't maybe don't have access to an employer plan. Um, and, you know, when you look at the uh, limits on how much that you can put into IRAs and then being so much lower, then that's where we kind of get into that realm of, all right, what are your other options or wh what are these other re types of retirement plans that you can utilize? You know, I've had families where they haven't had access to those employer plans. So they just, hey, we're going to put money inside of their, uh, they make a contribution to a, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA each year. And, you know, they're capped out uh, if they're over 50 at 7,000 a year into their so, um, you know, it, sometimes, especially for individuals that are needing to catch up or, hey, they're getting closer to retirement and they're really wanting to maximize those accounts. Well, sometimes that 7,000 isn't enough and they're really wanting to look for ways or look for options uh, to where they can put back a little bit more money and get some of the tax benefits that those retirement plans uh, provide. So what I found is, is, you know, traditionally that next step or what those individuals are gonna wanna look for um, are what's called either a simple or a SEP uh, IRA. And you, know, you can think of these types of uh, individual retirement accounts um, as uh, places or positions where we can you know, try to put more money back, where we have the ability to put more money back um, into them and kind of reap some of those tax advantages and tax benefits that you know, all of everybody else um, you know, that have access to 401ks are, are able to do. You, know, you look at a SEP, for example, um, or a SEP IRA. You know, the contribution limit uh, to that right now is up to $61,000 a year uh, that you can put back in there pre-tax. So it's a nice big jump from 7000 right? Well, <laughs> just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a slight bump up. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, you know, getting a, using a SEP, I think, is a, is a nice, fine option uh, for individuals that are, um, you know, really getting maybe closer to retirement or they find themselves in a very good situation where their income has increased or their income's at a point to where they're wanting to maximize those savings uh, towards retirement and they're looking for places to do it. That SEP IRA, um, you know, might be a fine, uh, fine type of account to look at. But, you know, even more so, um, I think, yeah, than, than the SEP, there is what I think a less known or a less utilized option that I think can be extremely, extremely beneficial in certain scenarios. So this is where, you know, I'll tell you a story about Jane. Jane is an individual that I've worked with for a number of years now. And uh, Jane, you know, found herself or at least was working at a position to where she had a good life, had a reasonable income. Um, but then in her mid fifties, she actually went out and said, Hey, um, I want to start my own business. And the business really took off. I mean, really a, a great story. This individual, if I told you, I could talk about her for days. I mean, you know, very hard worker, couldn't, couldn't happen to a better individual. And she really found herself in the situation to where, Hey, you know, I have this business. 
I'm working a lot of hours. I, you know, retirement's hopefully just around the corner, maybe eight, nine, 10 years down the road. Um, you know, I found my income coming up very high. Um, in her situation, she ended up being in the 35% tax bracket. Um, so we're looking at ways for her to say, how can I, how can I maybe lower my tax bill this year? Um, since I'm in such a high tax bracket and then make up some or catch up some of these, uh, for, for retirement. Um, and maybe, uh, put a, a bunch of savings back um, and kind of get a double benefit, right? Hey, save the taxes at a higher tax rate and then, you know, sock a bunch of money away for retirement that in her case was, you know, really just, just around the corner. And I find that a lot with a lot of families, um, you know, hey, you know, you get close to retirement, maybe the house gets paid off, maybe you pay off some credit cards or some bills and you find yourself with this influx of cash. So you're like, hey, where, where can I put it? Um, where can I met, put it and maximize the benefit so that way I can put myself in a better situation uh, heading into retirement? And in her case, I mean, you know, she just again happened her income really skyrocketed and had a situation where we can put back. And you know, I think most individuals would say, "Hey, why don't you go and open up a SEP um, that's meant for uh, individuals in your situation, and we can put sixty one thousand dollars a year back?" And you know, hey, this would be a good situation and a good catch up. But if we kind of look at her alternative or another option. We the situation for her or recommendation was actually to utilize a 401k plan and a cash balance pension plan. What comes to mind when I say pension plan? Well, <laughs> uh, automatic payments sounds pretty good. <laughs> yes, automatic payments. But, or but, hey, but, we don't have these anymore. <laughs> also, rarity. I was going to say would be word yes. association number two. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I think um, Di- dinosaur you know, perhaps. It, that, yes, it used to be. Well, they're definitely gone by the wayside, right? I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of employers um, used to be. Hey, you worked, you know, forty, fifty years. Well, forty, fifty years. Wow, that'd be a long working uh, history. Uh, but you know, thirty or forty years, you work for your same employer you retire and you get this nice pension and it pays you on a monthly basis uh, once you retire and that's what you live off of. Um, and a lot of employers have kind of gone away from those and um, you know if you have one or if any listeners have had, I'm sure you've gotten you know communications about those pensions whether they've been frozen and they're not using them anymore or you know they make you use them or do some type of payout option for them to get out of them because most employers are using 401ks now and really putting the onus on the individual or us to kind of save pick investments and and go from there well um so yeah, I, I think there's definitely a little bit more of a negative connotation. Well, not negative connotation with pensions, but we just don't see them much anymore. But they are still out there and they are a wonderful option uh, for some individuals. And especially as I think about Jane and her situation, you know, what that allowed us to do or the recommendation that we said for her was, hey, why don't we use a solo 401k for you? You're, you know, you have your business, you're the only employee. The, the 401k is going to give you the option just as anybody else would that's tied to an employer. You're just kind of doing it on your own. You can still put back almost $27,000 a year in there, um, plus some employer contributions um, that would really make that contribution uh, a little bit higher than that. And then we can pair that solo 401k with a cash balance pension plan. And since she's the only employee of her benefit or of her, of her business, you know, that cash balance pension plan really is for her sole benefit, which is great. Um, but it also, and the reason why we use it is it gives us the ability to kind of really accelerate her savings and maximize and put a ton of money back. So in her situation specifically this year, I mean, the contribution that we're going to be able to make between the 401k uh, and the uh, the cash balance pension plan is upwards of about $250,000. So 
you know, you, you look at her situation being in that top tax bracket, uh, not quite the top tax bracket, but the 35% tax bracket and being able to put back almost 170 some thousand dollars more than what she could just using a SEP. I mean, that, that really can add up in value. I mean, just from a pure tax saving standpoint this year, you know, she's looking at almost fifty nine, sixty thousand dollars in total tax savings, which wow. is, you know, no small chunk of change. Not right. Now, don't get me wrong, and obviously I don't want to mislead you here. At some point down the road, she's gonna to have to pay taxes on that money, right? But you know, when this is where when we pair it with an actual plan and in her situation with her wanting to, you know, hey, I don't see myself working or doing the business, you know, much over, you know, say seven another seven, eight, nine years. When we look at her tax bracket once she retired, you know, she's gonna go from that thirty-five percent rate, you know, down into say the mid twenties, you know, probably somewhere around twenty-five percent. Now, we don't know what's gonna happen with tax rates. Um, and you know, the tax laws can change all the time. So we can just use what we have available to us uh now uh to kind of help make a decision. But in her situation, we say, all right, hey, I can put it back and I can save 35% now. And in 10 years, I'm looking at maybe a 25% rate. That's that's a 10% delta or a 10% difference. You know, that's so, you know, in her situation, putting back a you know a good almost 171,000 more than what she could just using the traditional SEP account. Um, then you know, she's looking at what almost 17,000 of true tax savings uh, because of that tax rate differential. So you know, some big numbers there. Big numbers across the board there for that person. I mean, you talk about some of those savings and some of those opportunities. Is I'm just curious as you continue here, is this a uh, a common situation? Are we picking something that's like really out of left field to illustrate an extreme, or are these the kinds of things that you're? Is this a run of the mill sort of uh, you know just an everyday client that that you're working with and, and having these kinds of outcomes? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely something that we look at for any small business owner or any individual that's a contract employee or an individual that has, you know, maybe retired early and say their late 50s, early 60s. They didn't fully retire. Maybe they go back contract work, PRN work or something like that. And they're really just looking for places to say, hey, I just want to I just want to save. I, I, I'm looking for some type of pre-tax or some tax relief in this year for whatever reason. Um, how can we maximize that and kind of kick the can and use that? Um, and earmark some money for for down the road. So, um, yeah, I mean, more than a handful of, of families over the last few years we've done this for. Um, so, I would say if you're in that situation, it's it's very common. Um, but two, well, I wouldn't say it's very common for individuals to use this because I think a, a lot of times, and and rightfully so. When you're looking at retirement plans and you're, you know, in that type of situation, I mean, life's busy, right? I mean, things things happen, things come up, and you know. A lot of times taking the easy route or the less complex route is, 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 is good, right? Um, you know, I, the old, what is it? Uh, the old kiss theory, um, right? Well, you heard keep, of that? Keep, keep it simple, silly, or keep it simple, silly. That's, that's actually a little more PC. Yeah. Keep, right, keep it simple, yeah. stupid is what my, I think, uh, elementary school teacher taught me when, uh, when I was there. So I, I think, um, Especially in my case, like, you know, hey, financial advisor, sometimes they'd like to geek out on some of the details and some of the, the, look at this elegant solution that we found, right? And, and sometimes it's not worth it, right? The juice isn't worth the squeeze. It's, the complexity does not add a ton of value. But I think in a situation like this, um, retirement plan specifically, I think that complexity, if you happen to find yourself in that particular situation, can be just um, overwhelmingly beneficial. And then obviously, if you have the right team in place to be able to implement it, 
you know, then all that backend stuff becomes much, much more easy to implement and do and, and really can work out in your favor. Again, you do, you got to be under the right circumstance, but we definitely run into it more often than not with uh, individuals with small businesses or self-employed individuals for sure. Well, I think that's great and, yeah. and need to hear all of those different angles and, uh, and parts of that story, Tyler, that's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And now as, as I think about, um, you know, individuals too, right? You might be sitting there saying, all right, Hey, that's great. Um, I don't have my own business. I'm not a self-employed individual. How can we really look to maximize what's available to, to me? Okay. So we definitely don't want to lose sight of that as well. And, you know, I think some of the common missteps or some of the common, you know, things that individuals need to be considered as they look at their own, maybe 401k or 403b, or, Hey, should they be saving it? Should I be saving in an IRA or a Roth? You know, I think the first thing that you really need to kind of come back down to and say is, well, what do you want to prioritize from a savings standpoint? Is pre-tax saving more beneficial in your situation or is Roth more beneficial in your situation? Um, and really start there and then go to your employer plan. Obviously, get all the free money you can, you know, kind of maxing that out. Um, like I said before, you know, if you're over 50, you can put back almost $27,000 a year uh, inside of your 401k plan. Right? That's a good chunk of change. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're actually maximizing that, I think a, a little known benefit that a lot of employer plans offer that people might not take advantage of is uh, called after-tax contributions. You heard of that before, Walt? I know you do some of these podcasts. After-tax after contributions. Tax. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Okay. Yep. So after-tax contributions are essentially once you start maxing out or once you've put in you know, almost $27,000 a year, again, being over 50 into the 401k plan or 403b, some employer plans will give you another bucket that you can put more money into. And that other bucket is called after tax. Um, and what that means is it still comes off your pay, still comes out of your paycheck. It still goes inside of your retirement plan, um, but it goes in and you do not get a tax deduction for it. Any growth that money earns obviously would be taxable to you when you pull it out. But what the key benefit there uh, is that this after tax is having the ability once you retire or some plans will give it to you once you turn 59 and a half, where you can actually zero in on that after tax bucket and roll it directly over to a Roth IRA where it would actually grow tax free for the rest of your life. So I think that after tax bucket and utilizing that could be you know, really useful for someone that's in a situation where they're like, hey, you know, maxing out my retirement plans, where else should I be looking? You know, definitely looking at that after tax as, a, as an option could be extremely beneficial and have some of the same components or some of the same benefits as you know, Jane's story that we talked about where you know, she utilized the, her own 401k and the cash balance plan. Whether you're a business owner, 1099, W-2 employee, it at least sounds like everybody's got some levers they can pull here. Oh, absolutely. And, and I would say the, the other one or the final you know, kind of tidbit um, that we all of us should really be looking at this year. I mean, the market has had you know, a rough go at it this year. You know, equity prices are, are very much suppressed. I think the S&P 500, when we were recording this, was you know, down almost 24%. And when you look at a market uh, pullback like we've experienced, we're coming up on the end of the year. I think it's a really good time uh, if you haven't considered, say, a Roth conversion uh, to really be looking at your situation and saying, hey, do I have an opportunity to take some of those pre-tax savings that I have in my 401k or in a traditional IRA and taking it and moving it or converting it over to a Roth IRA and paying the taxes? Um, because again, as we think about asset location, you know, I think those Roth monies, once we 
get it in there. If we can, you know, invest it appropriately uh, and we have more opportunity for growth, well, that just makes that Roth conversion all that much more beneficial. So I think that's another maybe a little tidbit or something I want to throw in here as we're kind of finishing up and wrapping up that, you know, all individuals should be kind of maybe looking at and looking at their tax situation this year and saying, hey, do I have an opportunity or is this something to where I can maybe take advantage of at the end of the year with the Roth conversions? What else should we know here, Tyler, about retirement plans? I know it's something that uh, obviously the, the complexity of the topic and all the different options and plans is something we could do many, many, many episodes about if we wanted to go into you know full, complete detail yeah. on all of this. But in context of today's episode, what else should we know? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's uh, what we covered. Is kind of, I think kind of the big stuff that I at least wanted to make sure that I got out today. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, well, I mean, we the business here, True Wealth, we're big on financial planning um, and, and understanding and having a plan that you can work out of to really start helping you implement and make these decisions, I think is extremely important. I mean, I say that I think every time I get on the podcast, uh, hopefully it doesn't become a mute point, but it, but it is, it's, it's extremely uh, helpful. And I think it makes making some of these decisions and feel confident about about them all that much more imperative. I mean, in its most basic form, right? A financial plan is simply taking the money that you have saved, you know, and 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 you know, an idea of what you need to live off of in retirement and start extrapolating that out over the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And you know, trying to use that data to make very good or informed decisions in today. And I think as we start looking at retirement plans and that big decision on, hey, should I save pre-tax or should I save Roth? Hey, should I really try to maximize my savings and, you know, kind of catch up um, here right before I go into retirement and maybe use the after-tax option inside my 401k or if you're a self-employed individual or small business owner, maybe utilize some of these 401ks and cash balance pension plans to, to maximize my savings. Well, to understand that and help make that decision, you got to have some type of framework for what the future looks like. Um, again, it's not, we don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> well, I would have never told you I'm going to be moving here in October. That's <laughs> Maybe right. the worst time you, ever, you right? Known, I did. Yeah. I, and I'm a planner, right? I mean, so it's, it's, you know, we, we don't know what the future is, but, but if we have that plan in place, we can adjust more easily. And we can kind of help make the best informed decisions for ourselves now. So again, I, I know it might sound like a brokered record, but but again, just having that plan in place or having something in place, I think is extremely, extremely important. Well, that's really helpful. Tyler, appreciate all of that. We know that uh, financial planning, a big piece of your investments, it's all building toward that retirement piece of the puzzle. So make sure that it is addressed as part of your overall financial plan. And if you need to discuss that in detail with someone, look no further than the True Wealth team. You can get in touch by going to truewealthdesign.com. And in fact, click the Are We Right For You button to schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced advisor on the True Wealth team. Again, that's truewealthdesign.com. Or you can call 855-TWD-PLAN, 855-893-PLAN. And uh, either way, we'll put you in touch, allow you to have that conversation with Tyler, Kevin, and the rest of the crew at True Wealth Design and get the help that you need when it comes to assembling your financial plan for the future. Uh, Well, Tyler, thank you so much for your help and guidance on the show today. Uh, Enjoyed it. Glad we kicked Kevin off today. I know he'll be back (laughs) next time around, but uh, this was a lot of fun as always with you, and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Good luck with the house move. Looking forward to a report on that. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, take care. That's Tyler Emmerich. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time on Retire Smart.
Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.